We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what is up green bay packers fans welcome back to another edition of the pack a day podcast i'm your host jacob morley you can find me on twitter at jacob morley and we are talking about the edge pass rushers today I'm hopefully going to be joined in a little bit here by Ross Uglum. Ross is vacationing right now in Arizona, and he's got some golfing and some other things to be doing. Not me, though. Not me, folks. I got nothing better to do than to uh, to be with you fine people this morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to this. And the edge class for this year's draft is it's an interesting one. There are... <clears throat> top end, there's top end talent. Obviously, uh, Aiden Hutchinson is is a top end talent. Kayvon Thibodeau um, is someone that is perceived to be kind of slipping right now. I think he still ends up going in the top five. And then uh, Trayvon Walker is kind of the other blue chip type guy in this year's draft class. And we're not going to spend a ton of time talking about those three because the chances of the, one of those three being available to the Packers when they pick at 22 um, is very slim. To none. Um, the chance of the Packers being in a position to be able to trade up for one of those three is is also slim to none. So I'd be very surprised if one of those three guys ended up being a Packer. But crazier things have happened on draft day. So uh, we'll gloss over those guys, though. But I, I think we have to start by talking just about the position, the, posi- the position in general. Now, the Packers have... now the Packers have Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary under team control for the next two two years Rashawn Gary is probably not going to go anywhere for even longer than that as he grows into a superstar in the NFL but you you hear the coaches talk about wanting two waves of pass rushers at the edge position and that essentially would mean you have to go four deep. Last year, they were able to do that one time in the playoffs where we saw Zadarius back and we saw Whitney Merciless back. Uh, they had four legitimate pass rushers at the edge position, and their defense played lights out. It was awesome. It was great. Didn't win the game, but 
to no fault of the pass rush. And that's where you want to be. That's where this team wants to be. You know, gone are the days of Clay Matthews and Eric Walden, Frank Zombo, you know, insert some journeyman type edge rusher next to him. I mean, they want to have four legitimate guys right now. They have two, two and Gary and Smith. And then, you know, depending on what you think about spider Garvin, Jonathan Garvin, the young player out of Miami, um, I think he'll be on this team as one of the top four edge rushers, depending on what they do in the draft. And I think, you know, he's a guy that you would probably like to upgrade upgrade as your edge four. Uh, but to do that, you got to look at this draft and say, well, then they, they need to take two or, you know, you know, scour the free agent market like they did last year for Campbell and Rasul Douglas, the chances of them hitting on a player like that again, especially at a premium position like edge rusher is uh, not likely, but that's okay. They could take two, they could take two edge rushers in this draft class. And it's kind of like the wide receiver position. When you look at it, it's if there is a position that green Bay is likely to take in the top, top round, top first four picks, I think the common consensus has been pass rusher, edge. Uh, They talked about wanting an interior pass rush and uh, two waves of edge rushers on the outside. So it would not be surprising at all if they went ahead and doubled up at this position as well. Maybe two top 100 picks at the edge rusher position. Uh, So let's jump into some names here for the Packers and what they might be looking at, what what they what they might be interested in. And typically in the past. And I say typically in the past, because this is where it gets interesting in the past with Mike Pettin and with Mike Smith, they have those two guys have a very specific type of edge rusher and. Think of Rashawn Gary. Just, I mean, he is kind of the prototypical guy that they want to have in their edge room. Uh, a big guy, not really too concerned with the, you know, the the ankle flexibility. The basically what that means, like the the ability to bend around the edge. You see those guys kind of running parallel to the ground, and as they turn the corner and get to the quarterback, uh, that's the kind of stuff that makes scouts and fans kind of. You know, open their eyes and, and it's, it's eye popping. But the Packers don't really care about that. They want someone like Rashawn Gary that is just going to overwhelm you with power and athleticism. So one thing that they have done in the past is if you break everything down, you look at all the edge rushers they've had that they've drafted, that they've even signed. If you talk about Zadarius and Preston, um, Rashawn fits in this mold as well. Uh, they want guys that are long, 6'4", 6'4 plus. Uh, dense, 260 pounds or more. And the athletic threshold that seems to be the common thread with all of these edge rushers is, of course, they want a well-rounded athlete. But one thing that does not look like they have ever fudged on is a broad the broad jump. Uh, they want a 10-foot-plus broad jump. Pretty much every pass rusher, every front seven player that Green Bay has really had in the last decade has hit that threshold. I think I threw a stat out there a couple weeks ago. I think, I think Goody has drafted 10 front seven players since he's been here and nine out of those 10 fit that, fit that mold where they have that really impressive 10 foot broad jump. The only guy that didn't was James Looney who ended up switching to tight end anyways. Uh, 
So I think that is something that, you know, you go through this list and you look at who's available in this year's draft class that fits all that stuff. Uh, you can kind of, kind of, you know, make your list smaller. I think the guy that uh, everybody talks about, and he seems like you would, you, you talk about it a month ago, didn't seem like he would be available for the Packers. It seems like they would have to certainly move up into the top 15-ish to have a shot at him is George Karloftis, the edge rusher from Purdue. Now, recently, I think there are there's a lot of people split on Karloftis. And honestly, I, I get both sides. I like him. Um, I like his tape. I like his his power. I like the way he he plays wanting to play forward. Um, he wants to run through the offensive tackle's face. And that is very much a stylistic thing for the Packers and what they want. They don't really care if you can get around a guy. They'd rather you just overwhelm him to the quarterback, um, like how Rashawn Gary does. That's basically how Karloftis plays the game. He's not a bendy, twitched-up guy. Um, but also, a lot of people don't fail to mention he played on almost he played at almost 280 at Purdue. So I think when you look at him, you do have to keep in mind that's the way he moves and the way he plays. He's playing at a, at a pretty big weight, at a, at a large size. He's got the density of the Packers covet. He's got the age the Packers covet will be 20 years old on draft day. Um, has the broad jump, the the density, and he's 6'4 plus. He does not have – so th- the concerns with Karloftis that you will hear from people are he does not – he does not bend. He does not play that kind of way. He does not turn the corner super well. And then the other thing is he does have shorter arms. He does not have your prototypical 33, 34-inch arms um, that you typically want on the pass, on a pass rusher. And, and the reason you like those long arms is, one, yes, obviously, if you got the long arms, you can kind of combat the offensive tackle, his ability to get into your chest by extending and playing with that leverage. Karloftis doesn't really have that. The other reason you like that long arm is you love it when a when an edge defender can get the can get their strike hand up into the offensive tackle's chest and kind of keep that outside hand free. Um, the ability to play the run that way is is coveted. And Karloftis is not necessarily that type of player. Now, that's not to say he can't be. You know, he just has shorter than average arms. W- one way you can make up for that is by being a, a really good technician with your hands, and that's something Karloftis is. Uh, really impressive kid. Really impressive kid when you watch the tape and you kind of watch what his plan is as a pass rusher. Um, he He's not a type of guy that gets stymied and stops. Uh, he's the type of guy that typically has a plan and a plan B as well. And that's kind of what you are, you're looking for when you have a younger pass rusher like that because that's the hardest thing that can kind of come with it is the hand usage. And I am joined in a perfect timing, actually, because I was just getting into the pros and cons of a one George Carl Loftus, and I am joined right now by maybe one of – his biggest fans, actually. Ross, you're a, you're a big Carl Loftus guy. Um, I just kind of went through what I think the pros and cons are of him. And I'll, I'll play devil's advocate here for you because I just let the people know what I think people um, 
what I think people will point to and say, hey, this is what I think he is going to struggle with. But you go ahead and tell me, what what is one thing that if George Karloftis ended up being a Packer at 22, what's one thing Green Bay Packers fans should look to for him and be excited about? I mean, to me, he's very exciting, period, man. He's 21, um, just turned 21. He's very good, very athletic. Um, very good, very athletic. He's uh, – very productive, um, earned high pass rush grades from pro football focus, generated a ton of pressures, pass, what, pass rush win rate, which is not a pro football focus uh, metric, was also elite um, and kind of plays their style of football. When you think of like Z and Gary and the way that they go, you know, um, through a tackle as opposed to around them. It's a very Packers type of way. Uh, I'm not saying that Karlaftis can't bend the edge, but he likes to go through an MFer's face, and and that's kind of where uh, Green Bay has shifted their focus as far as pass rushers are going. Uh, you know, are, are going through a tackle, but yeah, I, I can understand it. Short arms, um, sack numbers are not as good as his pressure numbers and his pass rush rush win rate numbers. Um, I think you know that might tell you. Hey, this guy needs to finish better, but a lot of tools, young. And one thing I love to point out, man, um, 18-year-old true freshman road game, Purdue, I think at – I don't want to screw this up. I think it was at Nevada. It was some Mountain West game. And in his first game as a true freshman, he had 14 pressures. Unbelievable. Uh, I, I think the sky's the limit for this kid. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, so that's that's great. You basically just said what I said, especially talking about Packers brand of football. Um, so here's what I'll say. It, say Let's say we're in the war room right now, Ross, and you love Karloftis, and I'm going to be the devil's advocate here. I'm going to say I'm concerned. I'm, go- I'm concerned about his arm length. I am concerned that I don't think he can bend, and so you're going to have to sell me on can he win consistently that way in the NFL. And the other thing I would bring up is – 
What tells me he can't bend is this crazy, weird open stance that Purdue had him line up in. And you turn on the tape against OSU, and they absolutely took advantage of it in the run game. So talk to me about that. Why is that something that you wouldn't be concerned about and you still would say, hey, fine with it, we're still taking him at 22? Hey, man, for me, he's the 10th overall player. So I'm doing backflips at 22. Um, absolutely doing backflips. Get his age with his ability. You really can teach some of that stuff out of him, um, especially you're just talking about like a weird stance. Cool. Get him with a decent outside linebackers coach. Get him with someone that understands what he's doing. And everybody talks about that game, and, and I guess, you know, that's fine. But, you know, th- there have been games where he was do- uh, absolutely dominant. Dominant. You turn on um, at Iowa, and then that is the, uh, you know <laughs> – Darn near O-line university. You talk about Linderbaum. I, he probably didn't go against Linderbaum a ton, but, you, I mean, good goodness gracious, Tristan Wurst, Brian Bulaga, Tyler Linderbaum, you go down the line of player after player after player that that place has produced. Carl Aftis had 14 pressures this season against Iowa, um, played really well against Illinois. I thought he played uh, really, really well against Nebraska. I just think you've seen consistent production, really only had two real college seasons, and that was 55 pressures as a true freshman, a young true freshman who was certainly 18 during the duration of that season, and then 54 pressures again as a junior. He's just an impressive guy, man, and I get um, a little bit the athletic concerns, but at the same time, this is an explosive athlete with a 38-inch vertical, uh, 121-inch broad, and I am impressed enough with him physically, especially on that short shuttle as well, where I'm in. I get it. I think he's going to be just fine. I think you can teach some of these issues. And ultimately, I'm just not that concerned with the hand size because – or the arm length, excuse me, because that's just not how he's winning. Like he was not straight-arming guys into the turf and winning that way. He's a hand technician – and a, a, a ball get off <laughs> guy. He, wa- he wants to get under your chin, push you back into your quarterback. And um, he's shown the ability to do that over and over again with, with big time pressure numbers. Yep. And yeah, that's exactly what I said. Like if you don't have, if you don't have the long arms, you better be a technician with your hands. And he absolutely is. And, and you talk about, you know, the Packers talked about wanting someone that can provide a little bit of interior pass rush as well. And that's something that I mean, my man played at two seventy seven yeah. last year. So it's third, you know, third and eight. Kick him inside with Kenny with with uh, Preston and Gary on the edge. Let's go. I'll roll with that. Uh, but this is not the George Karloftis show. But that that is someone that has really been tied to Green Bay lately. At that size, I think he'll dog you in the run game too. Like you put him one on one with a tight end in the run game, that's gonna be a bad day. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And that's something Green Bay cares about. Um, so that's yeah, that's good. Uh, let's move on, though. Let's move on from Carl Loftus. Another guy that kind of is thrown around. I, I basically took uh, Kayvon, Trayvon, and Aiden off the list. You can have Trayvon, by the way. Yes. No, I'm, I'm not in on that project. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, I think, will be gone as well. He's someone that is a little bit light for what the Packers typically like. But, and you know, old. he's there. And he's an old. So, But if he's there, who knows? I might have to think about it. Uh, Ojabo is another guy that is a little bit on the lighter side, but you know, if he's sitting there, shoot, you got two picks. Let's say you get, let's say you get the absolute 
guy you want at 22 and you're 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 over the moon with that uh i wouldn't be surprised if ojabo slips into the end of round one it sounds like he's gonna go more around two i think if he's sitting there at the end of round two with two picks and you're the packers i think you you consider that uh heavily you you think hard on that um but a guy that has been thrown around a lot for the packers and he's someone ross that i am i'm not as high on and I, I believe we've talked about him, and hopefully you still have those pass rush stats up. But that's Boye Mafe, the edge rusher out of Minnesota. Uh, someone that did really well on the circuit, you know, did really well at the combine, did really well at the senior bowl. But you look at his production throughout his career, and basically Carl Loftus had more pressures his freshman year against Nevada with those 14 than I believe Mafe did in like his freshman year and his sophomore year. Not combined, but just like he was a late bloomer. He was a late bloomer that's is twenty three years old. And with guys like that that you kind of say, Hey, he's twenty three, he's a freak athlete, but he's a project. He's still figuring it out. At what point do do you not have time to figure it out anymore? And I think that's kind of how the Packers look at age when they're like, Hey, you're twenty three. If you haven't really figured it out by now, what can we really teach you? But how do you? What are your thoughts on on Mafe and if he was indeed the pick for the Packers at one of those spots? I, I really struggle with Boye as a as a high end pick. Um, I'm hoping I'm wrong. Twenty three point three years old. Um, you know, gonna gonna turn twenty four during the season. Doesn't seem like a Packers type guy, and just not a player that Minnesota trusted to play until he was a fifth year senior. Listen to these total. Snap counts for the Gophers during during the day, and this is not like a super high level football program in Minnesota. They they don't win a ton of games. Um, 2018, 143 snaps. 2019, 204 snaps. 2020, 259 snaps, and then finally in 2021, they decided he was that dude and gave him 480 snaps. But I don't know how interested the Green Bay Packers are going to be in a player that wasn't that dude until he was darn near 23 years old and and a fifth year guy like you just they they being the gophers didn't even trust him to be on the field in more than a very part-time role until he was a senior and yes i get there that there are such thing as a late bloomer i i understand that um i just i don't know as though the packers are, are gonna burn a one on that I, I i it does not fit their modus operandi at all no, and I'm, I'm with you in lockstep on that. Um, another name that has been brought up is Arnold Epikite. My guy! Epikite. He hey, is now, now he is older, he is shorter, and he is lighter than what the Packers have typically yes. gone after. But, yep. he, but this is where I think it gets interesting because these are all past trends. You know, forget about the age, forget but just keep in mind the height and weight. Joe Barry, on the other hand, he might come in and say, yeah, y'all may have done that, but I don't care. And I, I want that guy. And so it'll be inter- it will be interesting to see this year. Like, let's say they take him. Like, you can basically throw all the old thresholds out the window for edge rusher. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, you talked about JB and, and you know, what he likes to do. Um, they have employed some – lighter rushers you know to work off of Aaron Donald in the past there's there's no question about it um you talk about uh like a Leonard Floyd is not 
a huge human being at 6'5", 240. You know, he's he's long, but he's not big. Um, I think about a guy like uh, uh, who's a uh, Uchenna Nuosu, um, uh, who I think or uh, Obo Okoronkwa. Um, I, some, they're in the same draft class, and, and two guys I really like that were undersized, and I, I think I maybe mismanaged which one is which. Well, but. well Nuosu, Nuosu is someone that the Packers were rumored to be really interested in this offseason. Yeah, which, and he would have broken – he would have broken all of their, you know, normal, um, you, you know, normal things that they like to do. Uh, Samson Ebicam, the kid from uh, uh, Eastern Washington, also not huge, 6'3", 245. Like, uh, JB has gone with lighter rushers in, a, in his, you know, scheme with stand-up guys on the outside. Plenty. You know, they, they he is not – afraid to work those guys into his scheme it's just Petten and mike smith love these big dudes which is also fine but um you know maybe these big dudes can start kicking inside on, on third and long and letting the little dudes eat a little bit um uh, maybe some maybe you know some guys with some versatility but arnold he is my guy and he is the opposite i think of you know what you did see with mafe which is um, yes, the snaps were few and far between, but he was he was behind Jason Owe or Odafe Owe, uh, you know, who you remember went was a, a popular Packers discussion guy, ended up going to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, but man, he he has three years at Temple and then transfers to Penn State and just tears that place apart. Seven hundred and forty one snaps, fifty-two pressures, um, twelve QB knockdowns extremely elite pass rush grade from pro football focus. And he wasn't too shabby against the run either Uh, was able to drop back in coverage a little bit. They dropped him back 24 times, not obviously what they want to do down in and down out, but showed the ability. I really, really, really like his game. Um, But again, he's an old as well. A lot of these guys are old. A a lot are when you get down into it. Uh, I'm looking at my list of perfect fits across the board. Uh, Another guy that they brought in that has some major character concerns, and that might be why they brought him in is Sam Williams out of Ole Miss, uh, who his tape's good, man. His tape is is fun. It is good. He's got the length. He's got the density. But he definitely has the off-field concerns um, and you would not be surprised if that is why they brought him in. But if he's someone that the Packers vet and they say we're not concerned with the off-field stuff, we think that's in the past, uh, he is a guy that checks a ton of boxes for the Packers. Ross, have you watched he, he is. He, Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and a lot of um, a lot of his fall down my rankings, if you will, were, were due to the off-field concerns. Um yeah, they brought him in. I'm guessing they asked him some really hard questions about what they've heard from coaches and people around the area. But, man, uh, you know, freak athlete, productive, high, 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 high level um, conference play, obviously. Um, good program. That's going to be someone the Packers are going to look at if they get answers that they like about the off-field stuff. And so one one last guy before we get out of here, and this is a guy as I go down my list and I just look at – I'm looking for greens, greens across the board, and a guy that always stands out, and I think he's so fascinating, is Dominique Robinson. He's an edge rusher out of Miami, Ohio. Kid was playing wide receiver three years ago. 
um, freak athlete, Gumby type pass rusher. He's that kind of bendy guy, but he does have the density and the strength and the length that the Packers typically like and the broad. Um, but if you want to talk about a day three type guy that we're talking lottery pick type kid, that's that's my guy. That's who I'm taking. Uh, someone that just legitimately doesn't know what he doesn't know at this point. He's so new to the position um, that if you go ahead and let's say you take a Carl Loftus in round one or uh, a, a Drake Jackson in round two, who's another high fit type guy, uh, then and Ross is 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 wooing right now with Drake Jackson. We didn't even get to talk about him, uh, but we talked about him. That's my guy. We talked about him last week. That's my guy. He when you found out live that he tested at two seventy. But yeah, uh, Dominique Robinson is another kid that uh, keep, keep an eye on. Just keep an eye on him because I'm, I know he's a great Drake Jackson story. I almost physically threatened my source for. Uh, for college all 22 tape when he said he only had three defensive games for USC. I was mad. Give, give me more. Yeah, <laughs> look, bro, do you think I want to watch this broadcast film? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the edge rushers are fun. And this is a pretty good class. I mean, you top to bottom, I think there's some good players, and I think there's some players that the Packers can look at on day two or three and get some decent production out of if they, if the price is right and they strike on a guy. Um, but other than that, I mean, guys, we are in the dog days of draft season. Um, pretty much everything that we're talking about or anyone's talking about is something that has been talked about. It's tough to find anyone new or un you know, unearth anybody. Uh, so a lot of these guys are just guys that we're talking about and we're at the point where it's like, man, let's just take some people so we can talk about them. I need to, I need to stump for one of my guys. I need to shout out a UDFA target. Um, North Dakota State's Braden Thomas, his three cone would have been number three among defensive ends at the combine. That's a flyer guy to pay attention to. Three years, excuse me, two years at Division Two MSU Mankato, um, and then let me make sure that I have this actually right. I did see him talking to a few scouts after the uh, the pro day at North Dakota State there, and Braden ended up with now. How, 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 how tall is he? Six three two sixty. Those are confirmed combine or excuse me pro day uh, numbers. He had seventy three pressures in an abbreviated spring season and a twenty twenty one fall season, um, and was credited for twelve sacks. He, he has he has some juice. So just. What was his broad? Do you know? Give me one momento on that one. I know this is uh, just good on good on density, close, real close on height. Does he have the one twenty broad jump? Give me one quick second because I think he did. I think he did everything. Okay. Um. No. No. Nope. What's he at? Nine foot three on broad. That would be a historically low broad, but at UDFA, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, 32 inch vertical, a four four flat shuttle, which is good, and a six nine flat three cone, which is Stupid good. good. Stupid yeah. good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, when you're t- talking about UDFA guys, like, give me, if you got one or two traits, take a flyer on them. Why not? Um, but, yeah, that's all for us today. Ross, I'm going to let you go get to your tea time. Uh, as I'm, like, looking at the clock and I'm about ready to go to bed, you're about to go golf. Neat. <laughs> but that's all for us, guys. Next time we'll talk, we'll be a week away from the draft. But until then, go Pack Go.
It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com